Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Jaden or Kringle, depending on whether you know me online or in person. Um, and today I am joined by my friend Andrew, who is from my psychology class. And I overheard that he was doing research on ASPD, which is antisocial personality disorder, uh, in case you didn't know. Uh, if you still don't know what that is, great, you're gonna learn about it. It's along the lines of uh, psychopathy. And, um, I overheard that he was doing research on this. I was like, hey, do you want to do an episode on this? Because, you know, I love psychology. He likes psychology. So uh, I was like, okay, we should, you know, do an episode on this because naturally that's what you do when you have a common interest. Um, so that's what this episode is about. It's going to be in two parts. The first being a shorter, more um, general overview of what ASPD is and um, like how people with ASPD like manipulate other people what the symptoms are um myths misconceptions all of that stuff and then the second part is going to get into how uh people with ASPD manipulate certain types of people using um trait theory which is basically just if you ever heard of 16 personalities or MBTI that's along the lines of what this is it's just a different model so not like the MBTI test but a different model than that so um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this first part, um, and please go check out the other part if you enjoyed this part. Yeah, enjoy. So, ASPD is a Cluster B personality disorder, uh, which Cluster B is characterized by dramatic, overly emotional, and unpredictable behavior. For ASPD, an individual typically lacks empathy, has no regard for right and wrong, and acts for their sole gain at the expense of others. Um, individuals, this means that individuals with ASPD have a tendency to manipulate others with a lack of uh, remorse or guilt for doing so. Okay, and what is, I forgot what ASPD stands for because I, I know that, I don't really know what the proper terms are because I know there's psychopath and sociopath and I don't really know how that falls into that. So could you kind of clarify that, I guess? Yeah, that's my bad. I should have defined no, that no, first. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Uh, it's antisocial personality disorder. This is the official diagnosis. You'll never hear anyone, basically like a clinician or like psychologist, call um, people sociopaths or psychopaths. You'll only hear antisocial personality disorder, ASPD. Would and you like why, to know why the is that? Oh. Why is that what? Why, like why, why don't people use psychopath and sociopath instead of well, ASPD? You mean, why do psychologists use the official term SPD and not sociopath or psychopath? Yeah, is it, is it more of like a, is it because of the stereotyping around it or like how does that fit in? Oh, no. Okay, so sociopathy, um, from my research, it's an outdated term. Well, I mean, at least like with the DSM, it used to be an official diagnosis and it used to be what SPD was, but basically they um, made a lot of like modifications to the actual um qualifications for it and it's not called sociopathy anymore however i will say that um some psychologists like unofficially an unofficial term for somebody with spd is sociopath but psychopathy is um it's not a diagnosis it's more so a concept that we use to understand specific behaviors there's some overlap with aspd and psychopathy but they're not the same thing psychopathy oh. describes like 
a few more specific different behaviors. Would you like to hear um, like the criteria for diagnosing SPD? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, one of them, we'll start with the first one. Disregard for and violation of others' rights since age 15, indicated by one of these seven sub-features. I think you need like at least three of these to mm -hmm. like meet this criterion. Failure to obey laws and norms by engaging in behavior which results in criminal arrest or would warrant criminal arrest. Lying, deception, and manipulation for profit or self-amusement. That whole thing I just said, starting at lying, that's one. Oh. Uh, impulsive behavior and an inability to plan. Those are the first three, but my bad. I'll keep going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, irritability and aggression manifested as frequently assaulting others or engaging in fights. Blatantly disregards safety of self and others. So like disregarding the safety of not only others, but also yourself. So people with ASPD can have a tendency to be reckless. Um, a pattern of irresponsibility and a lack of remorse for their actions. That's just like one. Um, those are a bunch of sub criteria for this like one thing needed. And you need three of those things that I listed in order to um, match this. So the second criteria, you need to be at least 18 years of age. There has to be some evidence of conduct disorder which is characterized by antisocial behaviors and disregard of authority history before age 15 or around age 15. Um, antisocial behavior doesn't occur as a result of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Is there a way that you can, so like how early do these symptoms start showing usually? Um, okay, so for ASPD, um, it's usually in early childhood but I'll tell you, do you want to know about ASPD, psychopathy, or, like, both? Uh, both, yeah. Okay. So, ASPD, I'll say this, it's thought to be a result more of, like, um, somebody's environment, like, early in childhood. So, I would say these symptoms probably start showing up pretty early. Um, that's not the case for everyone. Um, but a lot of the time it is pretty early mm -hmm. and psychopathy as well. That's the case. Like it's pretty early on, but that's believed to be more influenced by genetic factors. Right. Okay. So it's ASPD. So ASPD is more environmental and more nurture, whereas, um, psychopathy is more like nature and like, that's how you were, you were born kind of thing. Yep. I would say that. Do you want to know like what's different in the brain about oh, yes. like people with ASPD? Yes, 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 yes. All right, so antisocial and psychopathic behaviors are associated with impairment in the prefrontal cortex, um, specifically the orbital frontal and dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, the superior temporal gyrus, the amygdala hippocampal complex, and anterior cingulate cortex. That is I'll a be lot honest of with you. big words. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be honest, like, I don't fully understand to the extent to how these impairments are connected mm -hmm. with psychopathy, but I do understand that people with psychopathy have a smaller amygdala, which is connected uh, to a person's like emotional response and like emotional regulation. So oh, I, did, I this, think I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this um, produces what is known as shallow affect. Yeah. I'll, I'll, actually, I'll clarify what that is. Shallow affect is basically like um, a limited emotional response. So like um, 
let's say somebody um should respond like a certain way emotionally like a certain degree of like sadness or anger to something or happiness particularly happiness i'll say mm -hmm. um people who um display shallow affect they kind of have this muted emotional response it's it's not really like happy it's like mm, whatever right 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 doesn't yeah. that also tie into the um because i heard something about the fight or flight uh reflex and how um people with uh aspd or um psychopathic people have a different kind of fight or flight response um in the sense that theirs is also muted so that's why they're a lot more reckless is that kind of what you're getting at yeah i mean i would say that i haven't heard that myself but i mm -hmm. do know that um like fight or flight is very altered more right. so uh people with aspd and psychopaths will both like um they have more of an inclination towards reckless behavior as you said right because they just don't feel the um i also i also heard like um there's like a lack of like guilt um and a lack of it's more of like a um i did i did hear about this so the um there's a difference between between shame and and guilt shame is a more public emotion and in, in the sense that it's like oh those other people are shaming me for what i did but guilt is actually i feel sorry for what i did and yeah um people with aspd will not really feel the guilt but they'll feel the shame um and so they if they don't really feel the guilt for what they did they're gonna keep being reckless and they're gonna keep doing those things yeah no i'd say like that sounds right to me it's mm -hmm. like more of a personal um a lack of feeling of personal responsibility so i'd say right. that sounds correct like they feel yeah. shame yeah do you have any notes on um or like do you have anything prepared for like the myths and stereotypes that are um that you know aspd is surrounded by and like here's what people think versus here's how it actually is yes i have a ton great okay i was really hoping you would cover that because that is something like i really want to get a lot of like misconceptions that people have out of the way so they really like understand what we're talking about i guess so if you want to dive into that then that would be great okay i have so much here great like, to perfect. just go off on great yeah okay so first of all like i'm gonna be honest i also might have told you or a few other people these misconceptions but that's okay I'm i can hear it today. again yeah like yeah. i'm here now today to clear those up yes. so first of all i want to get into the misconception that therapy can help a sociopath improve with manipulation there are a good amount of people who seem to have the idea at least while i was researching it um, that therapy is unhelpful to people with ASPD or psychopathy, and that therapy can even teach people with these conditions how to become better manipulators. Like I said, I was fooled by this idea. There may be a small number of sociopaths or psychopaths that have been observed to have an increase in antisocial behaviors after therapy, but this number is incredibly insignificant. Hmm. In fact, yeah, like, right? Like, it That's seems interesting. Like, it, it seems like, because when you told me that, like, it seemed like that would make a lot of sense because it's like they have trouble empathizing already. So hearing how to maneuver different, um, like, conflicts and relationships in a way that is, like, quote unquote normal would help them be perceived as more normal, which would help them just manipulate people better. Yeah. So 
Therapies have actually been shown to be able to improve the behavior of people with these conditions, but I'll talk about the options for therapy towards the end of the episode. Okay. And there's also this misconception. This one is one that I really want to get into. Mm-hmm. Misconception that sociopaths and psychopaths completely lack empathy. This is not true. Although it's important to have a greater understanding of what empathy is in order to understand why. Right. There are two types of empathy, cognitive and affective. Cognitive empathy is the ability to understand how other people are feeling solely through reasoning, which sociopaths and psychopaths typically do not lack. However, they both have impairments in affective empathy, which is the ability to feel the emotions that others do. It's why we cry when we watch like, um, like TV shows that get to an emotional part. That's affective empathy. Right. And that, that would add up with everything you were talking about earlier with the part of the brain that is, you know, muted in terms of emotion. Yep. And the last one I wanted to talk about is the idea that intelligence has a link to psychopathy. At least a lot of people I've talked to, I'm not sure if it's like um, more of a problem than this, seem to think that a higher level of psychopathy is connected to higher intelligence. But this is a subject that is actually somewhat controversial in the field of study. It's called like, okay, so here's the thing, like psychopathy, another difference is that it also has a whole other field of study. It's just called psychopathy. But, um, yeah, like that, that's, um, a pretty big difference. Like ASPD is pretty much like, it's understood to be a separate concept from psychopathy. How come Um, it's like, there's like such a, I know you already kind of gave me a definition, I guess, but like, how come it's like so different for me that they need like two separate. Okay. So, um, I will finish this misconception. And then after that, I'm going to get into what psychopathy more entails because okay um everything i described under like the definition of aspd that applies to aspd but there are actually specific tools um that describe different behaviors associated with psychopathy there's what i'll get into that after but Mm -hmm. like there's a test to like identify it and then there's a test that determines the specific uh we'll call it a psychopathic personality Oh, okay. It's not, like, types, but, like, it's aspects of psychopathy that, like, are uh, different levels for each people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Would you like to know how to identify psychopaths? Yes. Okay. So, there's this tool called the PCLR, or the Psychopathy Checklist Revised. There are 20 aspects to this. Like, the max score you can get on this is 40. And, um, 0 to 15 is like not even concern 15 to 30 is just like some psychopathic traits but that's not really like so much room for concern yet right um 30 to 40 is kind of like when you should start being concerned yeah and yeah. 40 or above is like pretty psychopathic yeah um and there's also a personality test to identify psychopathy in adults and this one doesn't consider antisocial and criminal behavior It's called the PPIR, the Psychopathic Personality Inventory Revised. And this test finds differences, I think I said this earlier, in different psychopaths' personalities, like the traits that they exhibit more than others. And there are eight factors in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the first one is Machiavellian egocentricity. That's a big word, but it just means a lack of empathy and sense of detachment from others in order to achieve one's own goals. Um, There's social influence, which is the ability to charm or fool others cold-heartedness, carefree disorganization, 
fearfulness, which is an eagerness for risk-seeking behaviors in addition to a lack of the fear that normally goes with them. Blame externalization, which is an inability to take responsibility for one's actions, instead blaming others or rationalizing one's own deviant behavior. So basically they won't say, um, they won't own up to what they do. They just say like excuses basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rebellious nonconformity, which is a disregard for social norms and socially acceptable, uh, acceptable behaviors and stress immunity. A lack of typical reactions to traumatic or otherwise stress-inducing events. Did you want to know how, like, psychopaths, like, how they present in society, at least? Like, some statistics Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. I didn't know if you wanted, if you had anything else you wanted to talk about before that. Okay, so, first of all, I'll give you some amounts. Um, research suggests that around 1% of the world population, like, total, would Mm -hmm. qualify for psychopathy. And... That guy I talked about earlier, Robert Hare, he concluded that at least 2% of the population in the industrialized world would score highly on the psychopathy checklist. Um, research suggests that, like, also that there's a higher number of male psychopaths than females. Um, mm-hmm. The reasons for this weren't... I'm not exactly sure if there's, like, definite reasons, but there's theories. Um, I think one has to do with testosterone, but yeah, I'm, that, I'm not going to really speak sense. on that. That makes yeah. sense because I I have done some research, um, and oftentimes men have a higher oh, what was it, um their t- their testosterone levels like they um because they have more testosterone they produce a different kind of like brain chemical than um yeah. like females do and that like biologically there are differences in the brain between men and women, um yep. and women have been shown to be more like prone to empathy naturally so i think that does make sense yeah that that one makes sense to me Mm -hmm. and also another thing to consider here is that the percentage of psychopaths in areas of the world differs for example in the u.s there's a higher percentage of psychopaths than in great britain but in the u.s in general i'm just gonna say this there's a higher percentage of psychopaths than i'm pretty sure like at least most other countries, but I think that it might be all sense. of them. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, just... <laughs> and the reason... Huh? No, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. No, wait. Just what? No, I want, I want to hear that first. Like, I mean, just, like, the whole, like, okay, we are so, like, full of ourselves. Capitalism is just so apparent everywhere. People feel so entitled in this country. I... That does not surprise me in the slightest. Oh, that capitalism so rewards yes. psychopathy. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> my friend showed me this video um, a while ago that was like, this little girl was walking around Wall Street and asking people, it was like a staged video, obviously, where, you know, someone was telling the girl what to say to these people, but yeah, she went up yeah. to people and she was like, who, uh, did you exploit anyone today? Or like, who did you exploit today? And half of them like answered honestly. They were like, no, I haven't exploited anyone yet today. Or yes, I have exploited somebody today. Like it is so like normalized to just be selfish and greedy and just to take for yourself to make yourself like uh, get like higher up in this world. Yeah. And capitalism makes you feel like that's like the only way to do anything so that makes so much sense um and I, I could talk about how stupid capitalism is for ages but you can keep going all right 
So, according to Kevin Dutton, who's a British psychologist specializing in psychopathy, um, he had, like, this, I think it was a survey in 2011. It's called the Great British Psychopath Survey. Um, and he concluded that psychopaths are the most common in the following professions. Uh, this is ordered, by the way, highest to lowest. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, like, the top ten. Uh, CEOs, uh, <laughs> like I said yeah. earlier... Capitalism itself is considered by Robert Hare to reward psychopathy. Um, lawyers, media jobs like TV or radio, sales, surgeons, journalists, police officers, clergy, che uh, chef, and civil servants. Chef. Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> one, right? <laughs> yeah, that kind of like sticks out of me. I'm like, what? No, but all the other ones make... A lot of sense ceo being at the top makes a lot of sense um at first surgeons didn't really make sense but i mean it is kind of like a precision like more logically based job so i guess that does make sense also they make a lot of money yeah they also make that. a lot of money exactly yeah yep uh so which a lot of people I'm, I'm not saying like everyone and i'm not saying this is like a bad thing inherently but like a lot of people who um are psychopathic like like money <laughs> yes yeah yeah because like it serves them it sells um it serves their like their needs and their wants um so pretty much that's like if that i hope that gives you a better understanding on how psychopathy differs between um aspd Thank you so much for listening, everyone. That was part one of About ASPD. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested in part two, um, it will not be out for another... Um, I don't even know because I am very busy with school and work and life. Uh, and this is more of a side project, so I honestly cannot tell you when it is going to be out. But expect it out sometime. It, it'll be out in some length of time. Um, I'll get to it, I promise. It's just a lot longer of a segment that I have to edit, uh, so it will take longer, but, um, that is okay. Until then, I hope you guys enjoyed this part one, and I will try to get part two out as soon as I can, but yeah, hope to see you guys there. <laughs>